Welcome to Work Beautifully, a podcast brought to you by Dialpad that discusses growth, learnings, and pitfalls to avoid in business. Hello, and thank you for joining us today. Welcome to season three of Work Beautifully, a podcast brought to you by Dialpad, covering the latest in business communications and AI. I'm Grace Lau, Director of Growth Content here at Dialpad, and I'll be your host for this season. Back in episode three, we chatted with Natalie Owen, ASR Senior Manager at Dialpad, and we talked about ethics and AI. You can catch that episode on Spotify. In this episode, we're joined by Jonas Robertson, Manager of Speech Recognition at Dialpad, to answer some of Reddit's most popular questions about AI. Thanks so much for joining us today, Jonas. Yeah, it's a pleasure, Grace. Yeah, um, I'm really excited about today's episode because I've seen so many interesting questions on, on Reddit just about AI in, in all of its forms. Um, but do you want to start by introducing yourself to our audience and telling them a bit about your role here at Dialpad? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I joined about five years ago at a uh, small startup called TalkIQ, and I've been doing automatic speech recognition or ASR for short since then. TalkIQ got acquired by Dialpad about six months after uh, I joined. So we've had the uh, opportunity to basically move all of our stuff and integrate it into Dialpad. We did that very shortly after the acquisition, and we've been just cruising forward with uh, trying to build the the best possible ASR system for Dialpad. Cool. And how did you get into um, speech recognition and the field of AI? So I was back in the day. I was I was living in Korea, and I was teaching people languages, and so cool. I I was doing some postgraduate work there related to teaching people languages. And, and I wanted to keep going with that and, and keep, keep studying. And so I, I, one thing led to another and I ended up uh, looking to teaching computers languages instead. Uh, so I, I moved to Scotland and I, I started uh, doing some postgrad work there in speech and language processing. And uh, that's sort of how things went. That's pretty rad. Um, I was actually considering teaching English in Korea or Japan as well after my my BA, and um, yeah, it seemed like a really fun time just from all the programs that I saw. I don't know how much of it was legit, but yeah, cool. Uh, let's get into some questions from Reddit. We've got a bunch. So how I found these questions was basically searched artificial intelligence, AI, and there were a few subreddits that kept coming up. So these ones, you, these are questions you probably would have come across maybe on your own. So yeah, let's get into the first question from Reddit. This one was pretty popular. It got 38 comments from different folks. So would love to hear your response to this one as well. But the first question is, what would you like to ask an artificial intelligence? Yeah, so I think when I hear this type of question, I I, I would imagine that they're they're thinking of something uh, that's what what we call sentient or something that would know things that that humans wouldn't or um, yeah. be kind of you know this godlike power, mm -hmm. right? So something that's that's above humans, right? So. Um, I think for me, when I think about that, you know, as someone who's in AI, uh, I know that we're not there at all. So we're, we're, we're not anywhere at a point where, um, 
you know, computers have more knowledge necessarily than, than humans. Right. So, um, so that, that kind of doesn't really mm-hmm. inspire me to, to, uh, you know, ask anything to an AI right now that wouldn't already be known by a human expert, because right now we're, we're taking AI systems and we're, we're, we're training them based mm-hmm. on knowledge that already exists by humans. Right. So if you look at some of the, um, you know, some of the, some of the big systems right now, like for language modeling, like, you know, GPT-3 or one of these systems, right? So there, they, there's lots of things that they can spit out, but it's all based on existing knowledge that's getting passed into them, right? So they might be good at answering certain, you know, trivia questions or something like that, that, that are in there in the data, but they're not going to come up with something that's going to, um, mm-hmm. you know, something along the lines of, you know, like, you know, how, how many, how many years left does the world yeah. have or something like that? It's not, it's not quite as straightforward. You know, I would, I would expect that a human expert yeah, right yeah. now would have a better answer than an AI system. True. So you've seen behind the curtain and you kind of know already, like what's behind the magic. So yeah, that's an interesting point actually. Yeah. So it's, 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 I don't think that I would be able to answer the question in the same way that, that somebody with in a more imaginative sense right. would, but um, yeah, being an AI, I think one of the things that AI is particularly good at is making predictions, right? So um, it is certainly possible that, you know, one might be able to predict something like, you know, am I going to get a particular disease or um, what are the what are the odds that I will live past 80 or something yeah. like that? So th- those types of questions, you know, could be potentially askable at this point yeah. in time, but it's not with certainty, but like with with probabilities. Right. So, right. yeah, I think that's actually really interesting. One of our, I think, healthcare customers that we did a customer story with they also use AI in that way to kind of help the patients or predict like the likelihood of, um, I don't know, reinfection of an injury or something. Um, but yeah, that's pretty neat. Okay. Um, second question, kind of a variation, a spinoff on the, of the last question, but what are some decisions that must never be left up to AI? Right. So with this type of question, I might answer also a little bit differently from from how uh, you know most people would ask. I think there there are some obvious things that are are brought up and you know, from an ethical perspective, and I'm sure that Natalie probably brought some of these things up uh, last time on the last episode. But for me, I, I like to kind of sum it up in the from the perspective of you know don't make AI do the decision making for you right so um in the little things in life that are are there like you know should i leave now or should i um you know have hamburgers for dinner or or pasta for dinner right um so in in these types of situations right i think we're going to see ai coming up with suggestions more often like even now like with a uh, you know, with a fitness app, like on my smartwatch, for example, you know, it's going to prompt me to um, go for a walk if I don't meet my calorie limit or something like that. And uh, if if that's the case, that's going to affect my decision making potentially if I think, oh, well, 
I need to do that instead of perhaps doing something that is actually more priority, like, you know, taking care of my kids or something like that, right? You know, it's it's something that I think that AI has the ability to just prod us in very small ways. Um, and if it ends up eff effectively dictating all of the decisions that we're supposed to be making in our own lives, that's an issue that I think we need to be very seriously thinking about here. Definitely. I think the way that we use or not use AI in different contexts is a, another big thing for sure. Um, so on a slightly different tangent now, we're going to get into the art space. Do you think generative AI, so for folks who might not know, I think this is referring to AI that can create art or um yeah, different kinds of like paintings and forms of art. So generative AI, do you think generative AI will disrupt the artist's market or will it help them? And this one was pretty yeah. controversial. It stirred up quite a bit of discussion at 74 comments and hundreds of upvotes. So generative AI is getting a lot of attention these days. Um, it's not something that has been around for too long of a time, but it is quite impressive as to what it can do. Uh, so mm -hmm. like Grace, what, as you were saying, it's it, it has the ability to create things in particular styles. So it tries to effectively emulate and kind of copy uh, a particular artist's style. If we're talking about the creativity with generative AI, mm -hmm. then it's, it's, making, uh, it's making things that look in many cases, just like the artist it was intended to make or, or sound like if it was uh, the case mm -hmm. of music, right? So um, that certainly has artists worried, I'm sure. But at the same time, I think it's not necessarily going to put as many artists out of a job as, as you might think. Everyone mm -hmm. has reacted in positive and innovative ways in the past to to new tools and this is just a new tool so uh certainly if if mm -hmm. some if someone wants you know a new album cover or something like that and they want to go to a generative ai ai system and uh just you know pull something out for zero dollars and zero cents and and something that looks fine mm -hmm. for whatever they want to use that that's okay but i think that artists can can do creative things with this type of generative work as well too uh in the fact that they can you know feed it their own style and produce mm -hmm. say an order of magnitude more uh pieces of artwork than they would be able to do under normal circumstances and that is the type of thing that they can also you know curate themselves so they so right now as generative ai you know you do have to kind mm -hmm. of spend a lot of time fiddling around with things to kind of get something that you might actually like, and you might never come up with that thing. Right. But you know, what an artist right. could do is do that work for you. Right. So use it effectively as a tool, mm -hmm. just like we've used, you know, the powerful tools of Photoshop and, and some of these other imaging tools yeah. to come up with things that we yeah. never could before. Right. So same thing here. Yeah. I've seen folks compare, um, generative AI to a camera. I think it was an artist on, on one of the subreddits and they're saying that when the camera was invented, that's just some, they're comparing it in their heads to, um, to that, like with generative AI. And I, that was interesting. I never really thought about it that way. 
but yeah, it seems like just another big leap in an art form, I guess you could call it. <laughs> yeah, it's you could compare it to the camera or to, you know, from from an audio perspective, the ability to just have, you know, like a, a digital workstation or like just even like a multi-track tape recorder, mm -hmm. some of these things that completely revolutionize the, you know, ability to do certain things with, with music and audio that yeah. would never, ever have been possible uh, without these particular tools, right? So, you know, we, we say, mm -hmm. for example, like with, with audio, there was, uh, you know, a, a time where people worried that, you know, they're going to sample my work, they're going to, you know, remix it into some other, some other work, and mm -hmm. it's, it's, you know, not going to get credited properly or something. But, you know, yeah. ultimately, it has allowed for much more creativity overall. So I think that's a, a net positive for oh, sure. Oh, that's true. Yeah, sampling for sure, like in hip hop, hip hop music, I think that's just such a huge um, part of the evolution of, of those of that genre. And yeah, that's, that's really interesting. So theoretically, this is like a random question, but theoretically, would it be possible with generative AI then to take like a dead composer or like a dead artist and then create kind of more music or art that's in that style like maybe you know if it's mozart and he died really early he died really young and if someone was curious like if he composed more music what that would sound like could a generative ai do that as well absolutely so now with say for example um the the imaging ai called dali 2 uh, what you can do is you can say, paint me a picture of whatever, somebody dancing or mm -hmm. doing something and do it in the style of Picasso and boom, it mm -hmm. produces something in the style of Picasso. And, or, you know, I've, I've even seen, uh, I believe uh, a few attempts to come up with, uh, ways of using AI to, uh, basically finish unfinished works. Uh, posthumously for, for certain Amazing. artists. Uh, yeah. I think that's something that we may see occasionally happening a bit more. We've already seen it in the film industry where, you know, um, say for an ex example, uh, an actor or actress has, has died, uh, you know, during the filming and then they've, they've basically used various, uh, you know, mm -hmm. image, imaging technology to fill in the blanks and, and to come up with ways of, of making right. that happen. So we'll, we'll see that, I think, a bit more as well, too, uh, using that particular tooling to uh, do things posthumously, for sure. Wow. That's wild. Um, but that also, I think, nixes the next question <laughs> that we originally were going to go through, which was related to creativity. So I think Given everything that we've just discussed, I think the answer to this next question is probably no. But uh, just for your context, the next question was going to be, will AI end human creativity? And I don't know, feel free to jump in and disagree. But I think just everything we just said, I think it, it can enhance human creativity on a whole new level for sure. But it's just doing things at scale maybe like yeah doing things AI. at scale i think that i think that where ai has the uh, ability to to stunt creativity is when when it's used in ways that people just aren't thinking right people are feel like mm -hmm. they're in a box because the ai system is is trying to keep them in a box it's it's limiting the the potential mm -hmm. answers or it's um it's trying to just make something 
within a certain framework like like one example that comes to mind it's it's not yeah. not necessarily an ai model perhaps but there was the uh auto tune which uh, i'm not sure if you're familiar with but i'm sure that you've 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 heard uh where yeah. they yeah. you know we're 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 we think of that as the the funky sounds that come out of uh, you know, certain artists uh, in the past, right? Yeah. You know, that, that it's sort of overused yeah. and at a cheesy effect at this point in time. But it, it when it was mm-hmm. actually produced, it came out as a way to take someone who is singing, not necessarily in tune all the time. So, you know, perhaps they're, you know, they, they miss mm-hmm. a few notes and stuff like that. And this system would just very gracefully correct those wrong notes right it would it would mm. pull things into tune if they were just mm-hmm. singing a bit out of tune right and and so uh now some people use that because it was a good thing uh and it you know it, it just mm-hmm. polishes things up people did eventually begin to to criticize it for that purpose because then it sounds a little bit too perfect right you know it sounds a little bit spot on but yeah. you know so in that basic sense it has the ability to kind of stunt creativity because you know people are just using it to as sort of this form of just basic perfection and you know no deviation yeah, from like a crutch exact spot on yeah. right yeah but but what people ended up doing with it is they they took the same tool they you know turned all the dials and do- knobs to the extreme and came out with this really kind of funky effect which was at the time quite quite novel and uh, bizarre and and so obviously that's what we know mm-hmm. it for today but that's just an example of of humans taking something which had the ability to really you know, dissolve creativity and coming up with something completely, you know, new and creative with, with that tech. So I think we'll see yeah, that type of yeah. thing happen as well with, with future AI systems. Yeah. I definitely sense a, a recurring theme here, which is just, it's how the humans use, like how they choose to use the artificial intelligence that I think really has the impact and has that unique potential for the applications of AI. Cool. So on a related note, this was our second most popular discussion-stirring question from Reddit. And I think you'll probably you have a few examples for sure for this one. But what have been the most impactful uses of artificial intelligence so far, in, in your opinion? So, I mean, there's a lot of things that artificial intelligence has has taken over in a sense. Uh, and some of them are, are less straightforward or well-known than others. Um, just mm-hmm. even when you think of the weather and being able to predict things now, um, people have been predicting weather for a long time, but certainly using advanced AI models and whatnot is really allows for uh, a lot more advanced warning, uh, you know, both on the short term. So if, you know, a hurricane's coming in or if there's risk of, uh, you know, mm-hmm. extreme weather, but also for longer term, you know, when, when it climate predictions and, and looking at climate change and things like that, it's uh, far more powerful now. So I think I think that like that's something that you might not think of it as being something where, where AI has taken over, but that's certainly one thing. Uh, I think we, we mentioned this before, but, you know, health is something uh, it's it's there mm-hmm. a lot more, I think, too, particularly with imaging detection. So, you know, taking uh, an MRI, which there's a lot of imaging in an MRI, and it takes a long time for a human to pour over that. So using mm-hmm. uh, various AI technologies to detect 
certain anomalies in the imaging is uh, something where you know it's that that can be life changing, right? If if people in a much shorter amount yeah. of time can detect things that humans might even miss, right? That's that's a big one. So uh, that's that's something where AI is is popping up quite a bit. And so th- that's that. Those are a few big ones. I think security is obviously something. You know, we we uh, just even when we're using our phones or or whatever devices, you know, the mm-hmm. the biometrics, fingerprints, face recognition, this sort of thing. Uh, even even uh, you know, fraud detection with you know, you use your credit card and you know, uh, and somebody somebody else uses your credit card. I should say in 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 a, in a way that you wouldn't normally use it. Um, it can detect those anomalies quite well. So, uh, yeah, those it's there as well. And I think, I think even with, uh, with language as well, it's, it's really more advanced. I think that a lot of that's, it's where I work of course is with language, but, uh, I think it already mm-hmm. right now, just if you look at the ability to, um, you know, go traveling or, or, or whatever have you, and, and being able to do speech to speech translation and this sort of thing now, that is pretty amazing, really, you know, to, to have uh, those abilities to speak to someone else in another language. When have yeah. you been able to do that before? That's, that's, that's a real groundbreaker. <laughs> I think that is, it's, it's one of these things where I think it sort of sneaks up on us and we don't always realize necessarily that this thing, you know, 20, 50 years ago would have been completely sci-fi. And, and we're there now. Yeah. I mean, I think the last time I traveled, I, I had an app that let you just speak into it in, in English and they would translate it and regurgitate that in the language that you want so that you could kind of speak to someone in another country without having to learn the language, which I don't know, it, it made me feel like, oh, I'm a little lazy. I, I could have like, you know, grabbed a language book and learned a couple of phrases, but that made it so easy. And yeah, that's definitely something I I don't think 20, 50 years ago people imagined was possible unless they're watching Star Trek or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's the type of thing I think it will get better too. But I think even from a learning perspective, I think it's it's really uh, something worth acknowledging. I think that we, mm-hmm. you know, before, like when you think about it, like you're, you're learning a language how do I get an example of of what might be the correct translation for something that I want to say? You know, yeah. before you would have to either ask someone you or who knows both language, or you would have mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, look in a dictionary and you know try to hash it out for yourself, which doesn't always work out. And and so that mm-hmm. you know, it being able to just come up with a pretty good guess of of what you're actually trying to translate is. Uh, extremely powerful yeah. yeah yeah i mean like even with dial pad like obviously not the same ballpark as something like using ai for climate prediction or, or healthcare but even with dial pad and when i saw the transcription the real-time transcription and then understanding that oh it's transcribing there's like american english but then we're working on australian english and all these different dialects that's all just powered by the ai it kind of just like a light bulb went off almost. I was like, wow, this there's like impactful applications for this in so many different contexts. It was pretty amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. I think just the ability to do transcription as well, uh, it was something that 
you know, I do it every day, but I, I don't always think of the, you know, the impacts that it can have, you know, even for from an accessibility perspective. So if someone is, uh, mm-hmm. say, for example, hard of hearing or deaf and, and, and they want to know what's going on in the call, right, that this is an obvious solution for that, yeah. you know, and, and it inspires us to, uh, you know, make the best possible transcription we can because people yeah. need it to communicate in, in, in certain situations. Yeah, for real. Um, okay, so we got our last question. And this one just took the cake. I think I can see why, given the the theme of the question, but it had almost a thousand upvotes, almost a hundred comments. And I'm curious about it as well, just personally. But can artificial intelligence really help us talk to the animals? I'm hoping for a yes. (laughs) (laughs) So... I, once again, I think I think when people think about this type of question, they're probably thinking, I think, what was it in the in the movie Up, where they they strap helmets or collars or whatever to a bunch of dogs, and and then you can hear yeah. what the the dogs mm-hmm. are saying, right? You know what the, what they're what they're thinking, and it's 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 worth kind of breaking it down, right? So I think that you know animals don't really communicate in the in the same way that that we communicate to each other as humans, right? So. Um, that I think makes the challenge of you know talking, quote unquote, with with animals, uh, to be something that is a little bit less straightforward than you might think. So what we can do is you know we can come up with AI that can say, for example, you know dolphins, for example, I believe have a uh, a way of basically sounding their name. So they have a unique acoustic signature for particular no dolphins, way. right? So um, I'm not going to try to imitate yeah. their sounds, but you know, y- you can imagine <laughs> that each each individual dolphin that we might call by, you know, a, a human name uh, using our, our voice, mm-hmm. they, they use their own voices to kind of signal dolphin A, dolphin B, and, and, and that so sort of cool. thing. So, so what we could come up with is a way where Say, for example, you know, we say the human name and we basically just map that to the sound mm-hmm. that the dolphin would make to refer to themselves. Right. And so 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 we could do something mm-hmm. like that, um, although that's not even really something that we would need AI to do necessarily. It's it could just be as simple as a straightforward mm-hmm. mapping. Right. And mm-hmm. on the other side, too, like, I mean, we, we could come up with something where, you know, we, we get all this input from a dog, you know, where we, we hear the sounds that they make or the movements or the gestures yeah. and, and, uh, you know, w- w- yeah, we could make an attempt, for example, to try to, uh, translate that, so to speak, to a type of, you know, vocalization, right. You know, where, you know, Oh, I'm hungry mm-hmm. or, you know, take me outside or something. But yeah. the, the point with that is that it's sort of a novelty item in a sense that it's kind of funny or whatever, but it's, it's, it's something that you're going to know by what the dog is already doing. So it's something that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you're going to spend all this research trying to get AI to parse it and, and convert it to, to language. But the fact is you as a human are probably already very, very good with that with your own pet. So you can, you, you know, when your dog is hungry, you know, when your dog needs to go outside, it's completely obvious, yeah. right? You know, when your dog is upset or, or sleepy or <laughs> yeah. happy, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. So, so it's all yeah. there. Yeah. So, <laughs> so do we really want to go through the, all this work to, to create vocalizations? Probably not unless well, it's like I said, it could be a novelty item. I think, I think being able to, you know, yeah. have a conversation in, in English or whatever human language you want, that is not something that a, an animal is going to be able to do in, in a human sense. Uh, one of the, right. the, the unique things about human languages 
the ability to talk about abstract things, right? And um, mm-hmm. animals probably don't do that either at all or in the way that humans would. And mm-hmm. so in order to do that, we would, the only way you can do it is is to, to train the animal's brain, right? So, um, right. And and to some extent, you're 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 only going to get so far, right? So uh, that I think is a limitation, and you know, then you're talking about training a a natural intelligence as opposed to an artificial intelligence, <laughs> right? So um, yeah, I think yeah. that's that's probably the part that you're, you're going to want to focus on rather than rather than AI is the the NI, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was a lot more layers than. I thought there would be. That's that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, although my dog sometimes when she's barking at like a car or someone coming just down the street, I'm always so curious. Like, what is she like? Is it danger, 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 or is it something else? But maybe in a couple of decades, we might learn that. <laughs> yeah, there might be some things that we we can pick out uh, that might not be uh, as yeah. obvious. Uh, from from humans' observations, right? So, uh, like one one thing in particular is is like if we did have some type of collar that was tracking something like like heartbeat or or neural signals or something like that, you know, we might get a better sense of things than than the the dog is able to communicate just by their their gestures or their their uh, own sounds, right? Yeah. So, there there might be some things that we can pick out like that, yeah, for sure. Cool. Um... Well, thanks for entertaining us for <laughs> through all, all those questions, Jonas. That was probably one of the most fun episodes, I think, this season for sure. Um, yeah, any last thoughts, any last comments on AI before we close out? Well, I think we'll continue to see a, a lot more of these questions pop up. I think people will kind of be continually mm-hmm. reassessing uh, where we are now, where we could go. There, There is always going to be, you know, a future or even beyond, you know, sci-fi fantastical uh, element to, to AI. So I think, I think it will start becoming clearer or clearer, I, I think, over the next, few, you know, decades uh, as to, you know, what are really the easier problems versus what are the, uh, the harder mm-hmm. problems that, that really are, are not going to be easily solved without some, some further breakthrough in technology. So, uh yeah that's that's i think the thing to kind of keep keep looking out for and keep reassessing and i think it is healthy to reassess with these types of questions you know uh where we are now where we should be going that sort of thing so good yeah it was fun yeah thank you so much for joining us and thank you to the audience for joining us um this season on work beautifully uh, you can learn more about Dialpad's AI-powered unified communications and contact center platform at dialpad.com and find us on your favorite social channels at Dialpad. Stay tuned for next season. The theme is to be announced. So stay tuned for that. And until next time. <music>